0: Hey, hey! marketingmoneypodcast.com, dot com. Let's go. Welcome to marketingmoneypodcast.com. Marketing Money Podcast here today. This is John Oxford with Renaissance, and I am the Director of Corporate Communication. and We're going to talk a little bit about email marketing. I've got my Scottie Pippen over here, Josh Mabus. That, that would make me Michael Jordan, but uh, you're Scottie Pippen of marketing, head of the Mabus agency, Josh Mabus. We're going to talk about email marketing today for all you bank marketers out there that might have nothing to do and actually be listening to this show on ababankmarketing.com, the home of everything financial services, bank marketing. Email marketing, can spam, can we do it? Can banks even do email marketing? No, it's impossible.
1: It is virtually impossible. It is literally impossible. Well, I mean, it, it, it really depends on your, your stakeholders and what's going on. But, I mean, this is one of those... Difficult questions that only we are willing to tackle, being the Jordan and Pippin of bank marketing. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty stout, stout competition there. Uh,
0: so let's let's think about this email marketing or just emailing, I guess. Period. Where would you start? Most people would say with my compliance officer because they would prefer you didn't do it. But let's say they have agreed to let you have email marketing campaigns. Let's throw that out.
1: Let's throw the compliance out. Not are they in the beginning, but you know, to, to get that out of the way, compliance, so I don't just have to say it over and over. They have to be with you through the whole thing. Compliance is not, I mean, their fear is not starting. It's that they've given you an open vehicle to communicate with your client or potential client at will. And you it, do. <laughs> it, and you do. So it's too easy for you to send something out without running it by compliance. Now, we started with can spam. But we're also talking about Sarbanes-Oxley. We're talking about Dodd-Frank and our communication rules that go around us. We're going to joke around about this, but don't step into it lightly. You do have the ability to sync your bank with one email. That goes to a lot of people and has – well, you've also got – Well, just knowing that, but with the list. You take your insurance list, if you have insurance – and you send out an email with banking to your customers.
0: And you've crossed the invisible wall
1: of nowhere that you're not supposed to do. And you just got yourself fired. So this is, not only did you just get yourself fired, you're a pariah in the bank industry because you cost your bank six figures at least in or Whatever finance. happens, yeah. So I, I want to start with a disclaimer. The marketing guy, the crazy marketing guy with this is serious business. So that's that's been said walk hand in hand with compliance. If you have a, a difficult relationship with your compliance department and you're rolling your eyes right now, just go ahead and, and skip to the next podcast <laughs> or re-listen, re-listen to last week's. You're going to have to walk hand in well, hand well, with compliance. and
0: so, because you've got can spam, you've got to opt out, opt in, but you've also got UDAP concerns with the CFPB, especially for a bank over 10B. And so your issue there is, you might have the right opt-out. You might be CAN-SPAM compliant, but you send something that is misleading, and they get you a UDAP concern, and all of a sudden they have that. It's not like something you did in your bank with a small, and it's just a piece of paper, and you, it's it's broadcast, and someone. all they have to do is hit that forward button and send it to the wrong person or the right person in the case of the regulators, and now you are, you are on record with an email with your bank's address, and you have put that thing or that offer to someone out there, and you are in... Hot water.
1: So so blanket statement. Scare. We're scaring everybody. Yes. Scare you away from it. And now we're going to drop that talk and we're going to talk about messaging. Know that you have to be compliant. So we're going to talk about how it's messaged and, and audience. And we're going to take those things. So just everything that we say, just there's a seed of, but check with legal and compliance before you do it. Don't enter into this lightly. It is hard. It's difficult. It's nigh impossible but
0: so we know that let's say we've we've got the compliance worked out we have a can spam compliant template that we're going to put our messages on top of we've got our opt-out handled someone is managing the opt-out to where when granny gets it and she goes i don't want that bank emailing me and she responds the person takes it out we've got that done what do we do to start the process we're going to pick a product. So let's let's say it's springtime or when we're recording this is springtime and you think, ah, mortgage would be really good. And mortgage has its own regulatory. Let's get out of that talk. Sorry I brought it back up. <laughs> we're going to we're going to solicit our clients for to take out a mortgage or to take out a second loan for home repair.
1: At HELOC with us. Where do I start? What do I do? I don't know. Well, even generally, I mean, we're starting very granular there, but let's let's broaden that out to be a more more of an example. We're talking about spring. We're talking about HELOC. Where I would start with this and where I do start with this is know that you need to be consistent, that you can't send emails every once in a while. Inconsistency is going to kill your opt out rate. That I get an email, I got one three days ago, and then I got one two weeks ago. If you can become consistent, that's going to be one of your first hurdles. But not only that, what I would say is start with a calendar. And look at the timeliness of banking. There is no need to send out a upgrade, add-on to your house or whatever in the winter when there's not building season and nobody's thinking about it and saying get a HELOC to do that. Look at the seasonality of your business and what's going on and start with a calendar. Start with a plan of what I'm going to send out. If you start a marketing, an email marketing plan, and you don't know what you're going to send out, at least have an idea of what you're going to send out within three months, one, it's probably going to fail. Two, you're probably not going to actually do it and follow through with it because it's going to be more difficult to do. When you start out with a plan of what you're going to send, it's going to be much, much easier. Again, taking that lag into into effect that if I write an email today, you are not going to get that email out next week. You you are not because of the issues that shall remain nameless that we've already talked about. Unless I mean, you, you cannot start that email and expect it to get out next week. It, it cannot, through proofing and compliance, do that. So you have to make a, you have to start with a long term plan. And I'll tell you, just from our experience, you need a six to eight week at least gap before even starting it. So we're talking about in spring right now. We need to be looking at late summer. Like what happens when kids come back to school because it's really going to have that let's much of a lag. checking. That Ooh. sounds like a good idea. Hey, let's do that. Back to your point.
0: We've got our lag time. We decided we've got a product. I want to talk a little bit about the strategy in it. I think I'm, I know, a bit. I don't think, I know there's a mistake that lots of companies make. Banks all is they think they can send out or they do send out a, an email, a solicitation, because that's what it is, an email to someone. And then the click-through to it or where it takes you when you open it and then click to get more information to go is just the homepage. Ugh. And that's just, yeah, oh, but how Ugh. many people do that? It, if I wanted to go to your homepage,
1: I would have gone to your homepage. Why did you message – why did you market to me this very specific thing and, and send me to the most generic part of your website? If you want to increase your opt-outs – do that?
0: I think one is if you're going to be strategic about it, you have to have a page set up specifically for the offer, the promotion, or product that you're emailing about. And there, I know many are listening going duh, but it, how often do we get those? from too, I, too often. Too often. Where you get it and you're going, oh, this looks cool. It's an offer from a shoe company. And I like those shoes. And you click on it, and it takes you to the home page.
1: You have to Google search.
0: Of the athletic company. You have to search for men's shoes because. I happen to be a man, I think. So you're searching for men's shoes, and then it drops down, and then you've got to find that product they just showed you instead of it being a specific page. So strategically, let's always make sure if we email someone that there is a follow-through follow through and a follow up. Let's number one, let's follow through. Let's look at the product, the consumer being taken from the email to the product or promotion that is specific to the email and it's got to be trackable. So there's follow up. Who opened it? What did they do when they got there? Did they visit a website? Did they make a call afterwards? Make it trackable as well. So follow through and follow up.
1: Right. And and again, it goes into planning. How are you going to track it? You know, I don't want to get you guys all fired up to go start an email marketing, you know, after we've scared you off with all the bad stuff. And now you get fired up and and you secure the budget and somebody's expecting something, you know, perfectly sealed with a bow in a week. The planning is so important. Where is this thing? Where are we starting and where are we sending them?
0: So we're talking a little bit more about strategy and where you send them. uh, And then you've got follow-up. I think one item we also have is it creates leads it does create leads so how do you figure out you know opt-outs are done with this this group is opt-in one is how do you segment your email talk a little bit because we're talking about strategy product you know not everyone needs a certain product of the bank you think you hope everyone does but say there's a product with a target demographic talk a little about segmentation and then also the segment of the landing page and landing page may be the wrong word here but wherever you're going to take them
1: you know, depending upon the sophistication of the organization, segmentation is something that should happen because this is basically database marketing. We know, if, especially if they're bank customers, we may not want to communicate via the medium of email that, hey, we know you have a this service, so try this service, but we know what they have, and there's absolutely the ability to tailor a message. This isn't like direct mail, but why would you send a mortgage holder another mortgage email? It makes you look a little bush league. So when you can, if it's there, have the ability to segment. But I will tell you from a practitioner standpoint, we're assuming that you're not doing email marketing now to the listener.
0: Or they are, and they're looking to improve Right.
1: So it's very difficult to start with segmentation. So let me say that. But where you can, when you can, I'm going to use that analogy to direct mail. One, we're not we're not spending a dollar a piece to send this message. So it's not a cost issue. You can send the same message to everybody. So we're not really saving any money by drawing that back. But on the other side, we do have the ability to segment. So why wouldn't you?
0: And as you segment, I think you also follow up. I mean, that's the other thing is you don't want a dead-end road on the email but I want to make sure that I'm clear about this. I, I'm a practitioner of stay in your lane, stay in the medium that you've contacted them in. So I think it would be, and as much as I love what a lot of the, the technological uh, mortgage companies are doing, I've tested them to see, because I want to see what other companies do and do better than we do, is you go online, you apply for a mortgage, and you put your phone number in, and you're wanting to do it on the web, and five minutes later, you get six calls from company A, B, C, and D want to offer you a mortgage and talk you through it, and I think they've, they've just jumped out of the medium that you're comfortable in. I don't want to talk on the phone. I'm a, say you're a millennial and you're the digital guy and you want to text or you want to do everything email or you want to do everything online. So I think when we segment, we also have to know that let's stay in the same lane we're in if someone goes and gets an email marketing and then responds to the bank over email because you should, let's add that contact, you should have a contact if they want to contact the bank and they respond with the email and it goes to the bank. I think... You don't want to pick up the phone and call that person and go, hey, I saw that you emailed the bank about applying for a mortgage. You need an apparatus for that person to function in that world they're comfortable in. Cause that is, you know, that's what being a bank is all about and understanding your class, especially for a community bank.
1: I think what so many people have forgotten is that email marketing is marketing, but it's still an email. It is communication. And we send out these dead-end one-way marketing messages. Not expecting someone to reply to it. Sometimes it even says this email address is not monitored. Do not reply to this email. And I honestly think we're missing the boat there. That that this is a communication medium that we're using for marketing. I mean, we can get over into text marketing and social media. I mean, social media marketing to to do a small aside is still social and st- and still a media to communicate. Email marketing is very much that. And you're losing a little bit of power of the medium. Oh, I've got a list. I can send a message. Okay. But you're, what are you sending it through? You're sending it through email. So you could actually start a conversation. And I don't see even really good pr- practitioners starting conversations. I see them more yelling at and communicating to people than with people. And look, if you get an email that Mabus Agency put out, you're going to see us being guilty of this too because these are very difficult, multifaceted, ongoing, long-running campaigns. But I'm speaking you know, to myself when I say this is realizing that it really is a communication medium that, that is two-way.
0: A little while back, you mentioned consistency. One question I often get or I, or I often have is how often should you send an email? I mean, do you do it every day? Do you do it every week? Do you do it every month? And I know you said be consistent. Is that, that might be easier for the marketing professional to have on their calendar. I'm going to send it every Thursday at 10 a.m. on the second month of, you know, whatever moon cycle and high tide or however you want to measure it. And I'm, I'm being facetious
1: there, but when? There are many facets. To determining when. One, there's the granularity of what time of day. And you need to look at your market. You need to look at market trends. I can't tell you specifically the best time to send an email is 3 p.m. on Tuesday. Now, they, quote, I'm doing big air quotes over here, they can tell you that, but I'm telling you, if you're listening to me right now in Pennsylvania, it is different from Arizona. Not just because of time change, not just because of cultural differences. There is no universal truth out there of when. The, now there are rules of thumb, and I would, but I would investigate these. Don't go by what they say. You need to do some investigation. The other part of this, and I know we're jumping all over the place, but it's, but these are overlapping facets that make email so powerful. Is test it. You can see with constant contact with Mailchimp, with these other services providers. When emails were open, so see, and then gravitate to that. But to your question, what does consistency mean? There's a difference between being consistent and constant. Consistency, regularity, um, whether it's weekly, biweekly, monthly, will will help people stick in there with your message that, that they know they don't have to opt out because, oh, I'm just going to get this once a week, and maybe there will be something of, maybe there will be a special, maybe there will be a rate change, maybe there will be... It's really going to depend on your audience. I wouldn't dive out in more than weekly to test it. I wouldn't start with over-communicating and then back off. I would start with under-communicating with a good plan, with a good calendar of high-value content to get people hooked. Oh, the email from my bank is valuable. They are giving me good communication. And then you increase it.
0: Well, and I think another part of email marketing is and that's just what it is, it's a marketing tactic, is it enhances everything else you're doing. So if if I'm going into a market and I'm going to direct mail an an area, let's say I zone an area out, I think it's all about getting in whatever type of whether it's their mailbox, their inbox, their mobile phone. And so I, I think if you want to have maximum impact or the set top box, if you want maximum impact, Pick your zone wherever you are in whatever community and you're going to go mailbox. You're going to go commercials that are bought for that zone, whether on cable or broadcast. Then you're going to match it with Uh, text messaging, if your bank has that, or mobile geofencing. You're going to drop ads on their phone. You're going to do some direct IP, so you're going on the computer. You're buying banner ads. You might be in the newspaper, and you pick the addresses that are subscribers that deliver to you. You might pick a magazine that subscribes to you. Then you pick radio in that zone, and then you throw an email. And I know that sounds like a lot, but there's so many companies doing that and so many mixed messages that to get in front of the consumer, you almost have to hit all those multi-channels, and then going into omni-channel. You have to hit those areas, and email is a very important one because
1: it's a little more personal, probably. It's also difficult. It's precious. I mean, we have to know that is it that. That's coming straight to me. You know, beyond a call at dinner, an email message with no value in it is um, probably the one of the second most, top most loathed things out there.
0: Unless it's from a prince and— you know, Africa, that's yeah. you give him your social security number, he's gonna offer you $10 million. Yeah, absolutely.
1: That, I mean, that's, and I, look, I want that. If you're investigating that, um, please go to marketingmoneypodcast.com and send me an email. And um, if you send me $500, no, I'm kidding. Um, it, you know, it is, it's because of things like that, the, the ubiquitous Nigerian Prince email, that, that these things have become precious. But what I, I can't tell you how to provide value to your customers in a Well, no, that's what you po- do. Is
0: that that's your unique yeah. benefit. I mean, in that's what the bank
1: does. In a 30-minute podcast. But if I don't tell you over and over to provide value, I'm doing you a disservice. If you provide value, you could send someone an email every hour. But finding that value coefficient with that frequency is going to be very difficult. But I will tell you this. From my experience, And there are studies that back this up, but our research budget is low, and I'm not going to quote those to you. So anecdotally and experientially, I will tell you that, all right, so someone gives you their email address. That's permission to contact them. When you contact that person with value, they're willing to give you more information, more love, more contact. But if you don't, you have broken that relationship early on.
0: Welcome back to Marketing Money Podcast at marketingmoneypodcast.com. This is Michael Jordan with Scotty Pippen. Did I say that right? Tony Coo- Tony Coo- Coach. Just is, kidding. This is John Oxford, Director of Corporate Communication with Renaissance Bank, with Josh Mabus of the
1: Mabus Agency. Hey, John, before we get started again, I've got a question for you.
0: I've got an answer for you.
1: What do you do in uh, late September? You mean the
0: 25th through
1: the 27th? Yeah, you know, somewhere around there. I think I'll be in Nashville. What? What's going on in Nashville? Why should we care? Funny
0: that you should ask. The ABA Bank Marketing Conference, Retail and Bank Marketing Conference, will be in Nashville at the Omni, and I think we're going to be there. Nashville's a
1: pretty cool town.
0: Well, not in September.
1: Uh, Still the South. Yes. We will be recording one of our segments there with questions being asked live on air by you, the constant listener.
0: Or just us having a conversation if you look over and are too nervous to be there. But I don't think you should be because you hear how we talk and sound. I think the uh, radio adds 10 pounds of redneck to your voice. Or maybe I add 10 pounds of redneck to the radio. But anyway, uh, we Southerners will be there in Nashville September 25th through the 27th. Or the 24th if you want to come for the early session and you can stay as late as you want. But it's going to be in that time frame, Sunday to Wednesday or Saturday to Wednesday or however long you want to stay and enjoy Nashville and the capital of country music and josh and i will be there and we'll be taking questions and giving answers or, or asking questions and receiving answers however we want to do that let's get back to email marketing we were talking a little bit about it and i want to give a a shout out if that's what the cool kids are saying today to uh ray Parental and ray writes a couple articles in an ongoing article on ababankmarketing.com the website for everything financial services and he, he is an expert or his area of expertise on here is in email marketing. He has a couple articles about email integration strategies, as well as control your email reputation. Josh and I are generalists in these conversations. We try to go from a 40,000-foot level and and hit the high points and the tactical high points. But if you want to read some specifics on email marketing and a lot of the things we've been talking about today, some that we've read through his articles, we've been sitting here talking and looking at the screen and and stolen some of the thoughts, so we want to give him credit. But Ray Parenteau has... Plenty of articles on ababankmarketing.com. I believe he works for ClickRSVP, which is probably a provider of email marketing things and apparatus and a way to deliver it. So go check him out. Check out his articles if you're looking for more specifics uh, that you can read through. But back to what we're talking about, let's get back into we talked about when we should send them. And you said it's, it's being consistent, whether it's monthly Weekly might be the most you
1: would want to be. How often can you get value to that user? If, if you only have six subjects, then you need to be bi-monthly.
0: And we, and we have to get outside of our zone as marketers. I know I, I sit there and dream about the person driving down the street and seeing my bank's billboard and then looking on their phone and seeing an ad and then getting on their computer and seeing a banner ad that takes them to a homepage and their whole life is revolved around our brand. And we all know with any brand, that's a complete joke
1: you guys out there that are a 3 branch 6 branch are spiel about being able to be omnichannel and all that you're probably rolling your eyes and the reason you're looking at email is because of the frankly the inexpensiveness of it well, well it's inexpensive and you're the well
0: I won't say only one because that's an absolute statement that I don't like but let's for the this conversation let's say you're the only one that should have these emails if you're if they're your bank customer yeah. Or you're the. There may be other banks, but you've got a direct line to them that that competition doesn't necessarily have. Let's
1: put it that way. Not only that, but these people, unlike unsolicited advertisements, they're looking to hear from you. I mean, there was a um, a planning meeting in my company with you know millennials and creatives sitting around, and they said, you do realize that when your bank sends you a piece of mail or sends you a correspondence, you're gonna open it. Well, unless it's a bank statement, you're used to seeing that because then you've already
0: looked at it online and right. you've got well, to send if, it because of regulatory issues you have to send right. it. Right.
1: What I mean is is a notice you didn't expect. Yes. Like, well, what's going on? And being able to tap into that is is uh, an important factor in bank marketing.
0: It is. And I like the fact you have a list. that To me, that's like having the, the Postal Service having the rights to the mailbox. You have a right to that email list they've opted into it or they haven't opted out when you offered them to so you've got a way to get to them you've segmented let's talk a little bit about more um following up and then finally email is a great way to cross sell because the person already is familiar with your brand you and if you do your segmentation right you can see what products they don't have and then you can also line up a demo that lets you see what product would be likely for that person to buy And then you can give them the offer. And it's all about the right time, right place, right person, right message. And if you can hit those at the same time, which I love with mobile marketing as well, you know, they're walking down the street, they walk in front of your branch, you've got them in the right place, the right time, you try to give them the right offer. And if it's the right person, that hits. Same
1: thing with email marketing. Any thoughts on strategy with that? I would say fight the desire to acknowledge that you know. I think as humans, sometimes we have to let people know that we know. I know that you know that I know. (laughs) I know. Right. I know you have a deposit account with us with $400. You need to try our overdraft protection or, you know, whatever add-on service. I would urge you generally to, be, to try to be a little more sophisticated than that. You don't have to acknowledge what they have to sell them something else. The person knows on the other end. You don't have to necessarily call attention to it. A couple of reasons for that. One, don't treat the audience like they're stupid, But two, to bring back up the dirty word compliance, is it does save you a little bit in best practices if someone ever asks you, well, what kind of messages were you sending? Well, you didn't acknowledge what service the customer had with you to sell them something else. So if someone opened their email or something like that, there's some kind of consumer uh, claim later that, hey, I never said that you had this service or this product. To sell you the next one. I hope that makes sense.
0: I think it does. I was reading here as we were speaking something about that Ray with ClickRSVP wrote at the ababankmarketing.com website. He says here, when talking about the channel, he says, this doesn't mean you have to lead with email all the time. In fact, we see the most potent channel combination is direct mail plus email. And this is his opinion. And I tend to agree. I think it does help you kind of combine different avenues, getting the mailbox, the set-top box, the inbox. I mean, how can you hit the your number? Client?
1: The number that I've heard, I don't know what's in that. Um, I don't have that sheet of paper in front of me, but the number that I've heard with direct mail specifically is if you can combine direct mail or email with direct mail, whether you're doing direct mail or not, I'm just telling you the number that I, I can't cite the source is you can expect a 10% bump in response rate. So if you, now let's, Take that with a grain of salt on direct mail. Average response rate 1%. 1%. So yeah. you're looking at a 1.1% response. But 10% is nothing to sneeze at. And he goes on to say,
0: interestingly, one client learned that adding phone contact to the mix actually reduced the campaign effectiveness. And that goes back to you saying the phone call at dinner, I think due to do not call registration and the annoyance of phoning. Plus most banks, and again, here I go with absolutes, a lot of banks. Ours is one that says we won't contact you by phone unless it's your relationship manager and it's more of a business loan type situation. We don't just call customers per se and most banks don't. And so I, I think that the the phone call is now seen as annoying and, you know, you direct mail them, you email them and all of a sudden you're calling them. what well, went from passive to, you know, a little bit more aggressive that the consumer's like, oh, I've seen it in my inbox. I might have to follow up on that. Oh, I read in the mail. Well, I may go online and research that. Oh, I've gotten a mobile ad on my phone. Yeah, I'm going to Drop by the bank and see it, and I'm near there. i have geofenced in. But then that you get that phone call, and it becomes a little bit more personal than just the email, text, banner ad, or direct mail piece, and then it, it turns them off.
1: Yeah, it either turns them off or turns them on. But the one, but <laughs> I think the I think the greater risk are are the ones
0: turned on lonely at home with five cats and
1: well, you you look at passive advertising, a billboard that I can't interact with, I have to remember what's going on. A television commercial that I really want to get back to The Bachelor and see who was going to get picked or whatever it was going to be. So those are interruptive or can be considered interruptive. But then I've had all this touch and then an email pops in and I have a link to click on this thing. I might take action, but yes, there's definitely the ability to, that somebody overstepped, that, that there's too much marketing, um, that it's too personal, it's too direct, and um, oversteps those bounds.
0: Follow ABA Bank Marketing on Twitter at ABA Bank MKTG. That's A B-A-B-A-N-K-M-K-T-G with the at sign in front to follow anything on Twitter to do with ABA Bank Marketing.
1: Hey guys, ABABankmarketing.com is your source for bank marketing news, updates, and more. ABABankmarketing.com
0: August 1st through 31st, ABA is highly recommending you invite your lawmakers to come visit with you and see how we do things in the banking industry. Take your lawmaker to work, August 1st through 31st. To find out more, visit aba.com. So we've talked through a few issues today on the marketingmoneypodcast.com. Josh, what are you doing in September?
1: I'm thinking about going to the ABA Bank Marketing and Retail Conference in Nashville, Tennessee. Have we already talked about that? It seems familiar, but I don't think we could mention it too much because um, you've been uh, many years in a row and I've been to several of these. Uh, It's a great time to meet vendors uh, that may be calling on you to see their services and products deeper and to hear from guys like us um, on the podium.
0: I think you scared everyone away. Vendor interaction and meeting us, that's not a pretty good sales pitch. Hey, but the vendors...
1: Sometimes they'll take you to a good meal. or I don't know. I'm not speaking for the vendors out there. Sometimes they give away stuff. I Yeah, you can go around iPads and and whatnot. But no, seriously, I mean, a lot of good vendors. I mean, we talk about these people calling you, but it's a good mix. I've seen these guys. um, I've walked through the showroom. And and really, you know, we talk about the speakers a lot, but it's a good place to, to meet those guys and see what they're really all about.
0: I do know that one of them, we'll disclose some as we go on with other podcasts, but one of the speakers this year is... I believe the head of global marketing or uh media for Jack Daniels of all things, and who doesn't like Jack daniels i never met him i yeah i don't uh, I have no comment <laughs> a higher up in marketing from jack daniels will we'll be there i, I saw a uh, an alert on that so uh I don't recall the name, but that doesn't matter. We just know the person in position will be there to share. Interesting
1: perspective nonetheless. And to
0: share a, a brand story with a, a two,
1: national brand. Two years ago, um, a, a guy, the investment relations fellow from Harley Davidson, former um, investment relations, I believe. Sorry that we don't have numbers or our names and we're speaking in generalities. But you wouldn't think, what does Harley have to do with, with banks? But this guy interacted with bankers a good bit and has had great stories. So even though it's off the beaten path, you're listening to two bank marketers talk about bank marketing. Sometimes you do need to bring somebody else into the mix to hear a little bit different perspective.
0: Yeah, I'm always amazed by Harley because it's the brand that people will actually tattoo on themselves. I think that and, and Disney are two of the, you know, most popular brands for someone to actually put something on their body that's permanent. And you talk about brand power, I mean that's amazing. But anywho Email marketing. As we close these money marketing podcasts, I try to go down a tick list of tactical advice or tacticalities, as I like to call them. And so I'm going to start and then I let uh, Josh kind of pipe in there like Scotty Pippen to get the assist. Uh, number one is compliance. Make sure you are hand in hand with compliance because you don't want to be embarrassed, cause a fine or have something really bad happen. So compliance is my number one thing here. I know we
1: spend a lot of time on it, but seriously, it's important. If you haven't heard us say this in a podcast before, I don't even know that we have said this in a podcast before. The complaint that John and I both have as we, as we talk offline of our, of our jobs is not really a complaint, but an observation that we always thought we were getting into the marketing, PR, communication business to market, to, to drive brands. PR, yeah. to drive brands. 90%, maybe an overstatement, maybe an understatement, I don't know. Of, of what goes into marketing, and, and obviously we're likely preaching to the choir here, isn't the marketing. It's the political. It's the, the communications, the technical. The email didn't deliver. The file wasn't set up correctly. Was it
0: plain or HTML? Right. And we didn't talk about that. Real quick on
1: technically what what's your opinion Do on Do both. That? You have to send an alternate. Too many security protocols in place now for those things. Uh, emails to get dumped into another uh, bucket if you don't send that plain text version with it. Okay. It's just a good practice. Anyway, back to
0: the compliance walkthrough, hand in hand.
1: Yes, but make those connections. If you are at odds with your compliance and you're listening to this as a bank marketer, go buy them a drink, take them to lunch. We cannot serve you as these outside voices of marketing without, in this highly regulated world that we're in without having a great relationship with, with your compliance and legal. Okay. So
0: one, tacticality. Number one. Compliance, make them be your friend or walk through it with them.
1: Two, let's talk about consistency. If anything, be consistent, correct? Be consistent. Find out how much value you can deliver and deliver that by the time span by which you can deliver it. If you can only come up with six messages in a year, then you're on a bi monthly consistency. Three, segment. Segment. Find those opportunities to be able to cross sell, to acknowledge um, internally without doing it externally. That these people have, these clients have this product and then um, sell them the, the marrying product.
0: Four, follow up on leads. Someone looks at the site, they go click
1: through, follow up. You have a one to one reporting that you know who did this, you are squandering opportunity. If you don't stick to that medium, send them an email, say, I saw that you had interest in this, and and follow up with them.
0: Yeah, and I I like what you said about stay in that same medium. Again, the old cliche, stay in your lane. I mean, they have obviously been online, email. I think if you call them, if you go another route, you've just gotten outside of the interaction that they're they're wanting to uh, engage in. So stay in your lane. Five is tailor it with other advertising. Don't do an email campaign about debit cards and then have a direct mail piece going out about student loans you know, well, student loans are kind of gone now that government's saying, "There." let's say uh, uh, mortgage loans or HELOCs. So let's say you've got two different, don't compete with yourself. Make sure that it, and that should be obvious, you know, self-explanatory, but to some it may not be, hey, we're just going to do email because I can do an email
1: and they don't have it combining. So strategic, right? Whether you're trying to start a, a real marketing plan or you're trying to enhance or you're just trying to see what these two guys say and, and check against us and, and just find fault in what we say, you should be, and it should go, as John said, without without being stated, but tying those marketing messages together. Don't treat them separately and, um, and try to keep that brand consistent.
0: And finally, number six, look for vendors and partners that understand the technical side of it because as marketers, we're generalists, and there's a lot of technicalities. I mentioned the HTML versus plain text. There's also different maybe coding security requirements. I don't know because I'm not technical in that world, uh, again, I'm more of a generalist managing a, an entire marketing department or marketing area. And so that being said, make sure you have a good vendor. Do your homework. Josh mentioned a few earlier. MailChimp, I think Click is one. What are some others? Let's, you know, you know we,
1: Constant Contact, MailChimp are the two general ones, but but there are people that obviously handle this in in, in banking. This is one of those areas that is very difficult to do on your own as far as marketing areas. Sending uh, the volume of emails that you would send out from your mail server can shut down mail servers. This is one of those that we're not pitching third parties for any reason other than, I don't really know another way to do it. We use third parties to do this as a company uh, because of the technological aspects of it that personally I don't understand. I employ people who understand those. If you're looking to bootstrap DIY kind of stuff, um, this is an area where you're going to have to pay someone else to do this for you. Whether it's a level of a MailChimp that's just a mail client that sends, the, sends these emails out for you, or someone who helps you manage strategy and content, you will have to use a third party on this. Yes, someone's going to write and say that they did it themselves. I'm not talking to you. We're talking to the to the general people who it will be in, insanely difficult to do this, um, a DIY-type project. And finally, number seven on my list of tactics to take home
0: Make sure you create a landing page specific to your email, your product, or your pitch. Don't just send an email that drives them to the homepage because if they wanted to go to the homepage, they would have gone to the homepage anyway.
1: Don't squander opportunities. I mean, connect those dots whenever you can. Make it easy on the user. If you don't want people to tune out, to opt out, plug into what you're doing and do it with some um, intelligence. Um, Draw those contacts It sounds
0: self-explanatory. Again... And it might sound like we're talking to kindergartners, but how many emails do you get in a day that you look at and go, this didn't take me anywhere. This had no message. It's just, hey, we're a brand and here we are. And you're going, why did I get this? Yeah. So closing technical, technical and tactical steps. Number one, work with compliance. Number two, be consistent. Number three, segment. Number four, follow up. Number five, tailor it to go with your other campaigns. Number six, make sure you pick a vendor that understands the technical side of delivering an email campaign. And number seven, make sure you have a landing page that's different from your homepage and helps enhance the consumer to go where they need to go and do what they need to do. Again, this is John Oxford with Renaissance Bank, and I'm the director of corporate communication, and I'm here with Josh Mabus of the 95 Bulls and the Mabus Agency. This is the end of our segment on email marketing. Send us a question if you want us to answer it at marketingmoneypodcast.com. Please visit our site and check it out. We thank ABA and ababankmarketing.com for helping us to get the message out to you, our marketers. Again, we appreciate you, and we'll see you.